0: Hey, this is Evergreen. Where our stories never go out of season. I'm Mitchell, and I'm a journalist, and this is Caleb. And I'm an audio engineer. And here we explore the one thing that brings us together, storytelling. Every tale is created from prompts that are given to us by our listeners. And then we bring them to life with atmosphere and sound design.
1: And today's storyteller is Danielle. Hi. And the prompts we got last time were, there's no such thing as a free lunch, a crooked cop, And oh my grilled cheese. (laughs) So let's get right to it. Take a break, put on some headphones, and enjoy dinner time.
2: I'm startled awake and it takes only a moment to recognize the clanging of things in the food room. I jump up and immediately start bounding over, following the sound. I pause before crossing over to the cold floor of the food room. I look up and around. No food is in sight, except for the tiny one. He's sitting at the high place. That's where the food bringers eat. My dish is on the ground in the corner. They do not like it when I try to bring my dish over to their high place. I know because I have tried often. One day I think they will let me. I walk over to the tiny food bringer and sit next to him, staring up at him. He looks at me and starts swatting at my snout. It doesn't hurt, the tiny one is not very strong, but it isn't pleasant either, so I pull my face back. The swatting stops, but he continues reaching for me. I stand in circle around myself, sitting down again with my back to the tiny food bringer, leaning against his chair. He pets my back much more softly this time. From my new vantage point, I am able to see one of the original food bringers. It is the female of the pack. I can smell something amazing wafting over from a large black thing she has in her hand. It is long and curved up at the edges, but it does not go around, making it too useless to be a fun ball. I tried to play with it once, in my younger years, but they scolded me. That is when I heard them refer to this thing as a pan. I like these creatures. They're odd, walking around on only their hind legs, and makes no sense. The female tries to take me on runs sometimes, but she can never keep up with me. She doesn't even try to make use of her front legs, except to hold the death contraption that keeps us tied together. Then she tugs on it to make me slow down for her. I really hated this at first, but now I am used to it. I usually jog calmly beside her as she runs. Maybe one day she will learn how to run correctly, though I doubt it. All of the food bringers walk incorrectly. I see it all the time, wherever we go. Up on their hind legs, it is so strange. I have lived with this pack for many years now. When they first brought me here, I was young, only one year old by my count. Some of my siblings had already left the litter, picked up by their new packs. For a long while, it was just myself, the female, and her mate. That changed when the tiny food bringer was brought home to join the pack. In those days, he was even tinier. I often think there is something wrong with him. For a number of years, he could not take care of himself at all. I did my best to protect the helpless thing. I warned any stranger that came near him to stand back and be careful. But the food bringers never seemed to understand what I was telling them. It has always been incredible to me that I can understand them so clearly and yet they have little to no idea of what I am saying. The female and her mate showed me who I could and could not trust around the tiny one. I am not allowed to bark, even at those we cannot trust, but I do watch them more closely when they are near. In the 24 years that the tiny one has been around, he has barely grown at all. By the time I was his age, I was fully grown. But he has finally learned how to converse back and forth with the rest of the pack. In fact, I may think that he understands me the best out of all of them. Though whenever he tries to seek my language, it never makes any sense. After a long couple of minutes of waiting, I watch as the female is scraping something off of the pan. She places it on a dish and walks over. I stand, wagging my tail vigorously as I wait for it to be set down in front of me. She shakes her head at me with a stern no No. and sits the dish on the high place in front of the tiny one. I sit back down and whine. I am so hungry. I have not eaten since the tiny one gave me a treat before my mid-morning nap. That was already so long ago. Stop, she firmly says. I watch as she walks away, back across the room. When she is no longer paying attention, I turn to the tiny one. He understands me the best. Surely he can see how hungry I am. He is already picking at his food. This is something else that I do not understand about these creatures. They eat with their front paws. Patiently, I wait, staring at him as he eats. He is talking about something that I do not understand, and the female is responding to him. After a few minutes, I grow tired of watching, and I nudge my nose against one of his front legs. He ignores me. He's waving around the food that the female has made him, holding it in his weird front paw. He is not paying attention to me. I take my chance. Jumping up, I place my front paws on his leg and snatch with flecks from him in my mouth.
1: Oh, my grilled cheese! He cries
2: as I drop back down to the floor. I walk over to my resting place and chow down on my delicious new treat. The female is upset with me. She marches over and demands that I drop it. I scarf it down faster, leaving nothing behind. I lay my head down and cast my eyes up at her. She grabs at the restraint they keep around my neck and pulls me outside. I'm on a timeout now. She is very unhappy with me. But it's not my fault I was so starving. She closes the door and I sit down in front of it. After a few minutes, I paw at the door, but to no avail. I won't be let back in for a while. Maybe not until the mate arrives home. Giving up, I walk out into the grass and lie down in a sunny spot. My friend from across the fence howls, realizing that I am outside. So what did you do this time? Ate the tiny one's food, I reply. He howls again, but this time he is laughing at me. He is not very nice to me sometimes, but he is often outside which makes me think his pack is not so nice to him. I can't blame him for being a little angry about that.
1: Tough break, kid. No such thing as a free lunch, right? Huh? They've always got to punish us. Make us pay for what we did.
2: He is always saying things like this. Weird phrases I think he hears from the talking boxes the food bringers keep. Or perhaps they come from his pack. I never understand these phrases or what they mean, but usually I think they are negative towards the food bringers. I think it's unfair. His pack may not take care of him, but mine takes care of me. We have argued about it before. I told him my pack is nice, they just don't like when I go up on the high place or steal from the tiny one. He insisted that they are all up to something. He thinks that because his pack is mean, all packs must be mean. I don't agree. Today, I don't feel like having this argument again. Instead, I sprawl out in the sun to sleep. After a few minutes, I hear him walking away. They do not leave me outside for long, at least not alone. The door opens back up and the female and the tiny one emerge, bringing toys with them. I hop up and stretch. The tiny one clamors over to me excitedly, shoving his toys in my face. I know better than to bite at them. I do not want to get in trouble again today. Instead, I run into the house looking for my favorite toy to bring to him. It once belonged to the tiny one, but he got bored of it and gave it to me a couple years back. It's in the shape of a food bringer, wearing all blue with a yellow pointed shape on the chest. It has a nice amount of squish that I can really dig my teeth into, but it keeps its shape when you move it around. I have twisted it up and moved the legs every which way. It's been out of shape after years of my playing with it. I grab it in my mouth and race back outside, dropping it in front of the tiny one. He shrieks happily, picking it up.
1: My old policeman! I
2: sit, wagging my tail, watching, waiting for him to throw it. He holds it up in all its crooked glory and I shift my weight slightly, getting ready to run. He tosses it, but he's not very strong and it doesn't fly too far. I still run for it, sliding through the grass in front of it, grabbing it again in my teeth before racing back to him to start the process over the afternoon until the mate returns home and they both disappear into the food room to cook together. It seems they have forgiven me, as they always do. I lie on the carpet, staying out of the food room, acting on my best behavior, just watching and smelling from afar. The tiny one comes to play with me on the floor and he makes me repeatedly grab my favorite toy from him, even when he tries to hide it from me. And then, when we're done playing, it's the best time of the day. Dinner time.
0: was this story uh written by danielle uh it was really good mitch did you enjoy it i did enjoy it i did enjoy it okay this isn't working what's not working this
1: this yeah this is us are are you breaking up right now i'm breaking up this podcast is over i'm moving on i'm gonna go join another podcast can you do a
2: credits roll and then play that little segment yeah no
1: that's gonna (laughs) be our okay one two three and hey this is evergreen no, no, not stories. That. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so that—that that was a great episode. I really wasn't enjoyed it Daniel. that,
2: Danielle. T- <laughs> yeah, I'm awesome.
1: <laughs> that was really that was really funny, Danielle. I really enjoyed that, Danielle. What uh? What inspired you to write a story about a dog?
2: Um, I just wanted to take the crooked cop. and make it as weird as possible, and I thought of a dog that had chewed up a police toy, and that was really funny to me.
1: A, A literal crooked cop. Have you seen Isle of Dogs? I have And I was really worried That um, people would think This story was based on that Well don't worry I I won't draw that connection At all by asking you About it in our (laughs) interview I just saw it And I really liked it Because dogs are cute No you should You should
2: absolutely say that It's just I was afraid of that But it's absolutely Not based on that movie But I do love that movie It was absolutely great
1: Yeah it was really cute And this was This was fun I mean getting a quote Like oh my grilled cheese Is a weird weird topic And you able The funny thing is Is the person who gave us The topic Gave us the topic Because it was something that his his son yelled out when he dropped his grilled cheese on the ground while having lunch.
2: Is that a true story? Yeah, no that
1: that's that's literally the truth, and I didn't tell you that, which is so funny that that's kind of how it worked into your story as well. So so, but why? So you wanted to do a crooked cop getting chewed up like an actual dog getting chewed up? Did that was that before or after you decided to make it about a dog?
2: Uh, that was before. I started with the crooked cop topic because I wanted to go as far away from it being a story about a crooked cop as possible. So I thought of. Every variation of crooked that wouldn't literally mean a cop that is doing bad things.
1: I like that you went out of your way with it because that's kind of the fun part of the topics is you when you get them, it's kind of what you're expected to make it about, and you did something completely different. The 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 style, like the writing style, doing it from the mindset of the actual. Canine to use a word other than dog Because I'm going to keep saying dog over and over again To doing it from the actual perspective of the pet Like was that have you done written Something like that before or was that your first time Trying to get into the mind of an animal
2: No this was definitely the first time um, And it was interesting sitting at work Writing this and thinking hmm, How simple would a dog be But still understandable To a human because
1: they kind of got their own way Of seeing the world But then you still also have to clue the readers Into what the dog is seeing
2: yeah, and I I spent a lot of time thinking about okay, what words
1: would a dog feasibly know, and what words would a dog not know, or yeah, not understand. I
0: I enjoyed that. I I like that a lot. What did, did you like that, Caleb? Did you like the kind of the perspective that it was from? I did like the perspective that it was from. Actually, that was kind of funny because at the beginning, well. So when I was first reading this story, because I added sound design to it and stuff, and so you can kind of tell that it's a dog a little earlier than, it, than at least I did. But when I was reading it, I didn't know it was a dog, and I couldn't really tell for a good paragraph. And so I was really confused of why uh, she was calling... The table, the high place, and then um, what are the people called again? They're uh, the food bringers. I, will, I, will and I got say, really yeah. confused that there. Was, this was in some kind of weird camp or something where this person was a prisoner, and I didn't realize it was actually a dog until like a paragraph in. Maybe I think here is a little more obvious though. Yeah, I
1: definitely read it before I, I heard it, so I was reading it going like, "Oh no, oh no, Danielle, <laughs> I mean, Danielle." There's words for all these things. This is really, really <laughs> dark. <laughs> I just wanted
2: to make people laugh, and I think and that I think it you made me hear laugh. that, and it's funny, and it just doesn't make sense for a minute, and that's what makes it great.
0: And we actually uh, have here the voice of the child. Um, say hi, child.
1: Hey, boy.
0: All right. Um, that's, that's That's the child. Um but
1: yeah that was fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed trying to make trying to make us laugh and trying to just write it in a different way. Thank thanks for thanks for taking like a risk on that on that point.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So I just hope it comes across to everyone that listens to it.
0: Well, I hope so, too. I think one of my favorite things with the topics and the way we do the topics is when people don't take them literally. And I remember specifically AJ's episode, The Betting Man, which is um, one of the first times somebody didn't take a topic super literally. And Summer Rain was a horse. And in this case, the crooked cop was literally, you know, the, the, the toy or whatever. Um,
1: well, Danielle, do you have anything you want to plug? Or any, any do you have anything on social media that if people want to keep getting your... St- your kind of comedy or humor or just see more about you? Um, you know what? I don't, but I actually really want to start something up. So one,
2: I would love to come back and do some more episodes if you'll you have me. You are welcome. Um, and then if people want to find me online, I'm always at Delishihara because I'm adorable.
1: Which is an amazing uh, <laughs> handle. Um, I, I enjoy it. might be a little hard for people to spell, but, but I mean, type it in enough times you'll figure it out. Delishihara.
0: Also, this part I very well may cut and put at the beginning of it, but wow, we actually have Danielle here. After much uh, delay due to her perf- or not performance, her play, which if you listened to last episode, you would know that we, we've talked about you for like three episodes in a row because we've been trying to get you on this, sh- this uh, podcast. But she finished her show, and it was really good, and now she's um, doing this stuff.
1: Now, before we finish our show, it's about time that we pick our topics for the next
0: episode. Okay, so... Let me roll the first one. 17. 17. Um, A farming commune,
1: and that comes from Alex Morgan. Awesome. Uh, let's do this. 26. 26. Uh, Enchanted heirloom. That is from our friend Chelsea Cartwright. Awesome. 35. And 35. An uncomfortable futon. Seems like a bit of a... Should be... A bit of, an, uh, bit of an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that one is... oh, that one's Wait, 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 wait. An oxymoron? An oxymoron, because you wouldn't need to put the word uncomfortable before futon, because it being a futon implies
0: it's uncomfortable. No, that's not an oxymoron. That's just redundant, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's edit that. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely redundant. Uh, or we can just make myself sound less intelligent than I am. <laughs> or just about as unintelligent I'll, as I I'll leave it, am. it in. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, unintelligent. So. We'll go with that. Redundant. Uh. It's a redundancy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a farming commune, an enchanted heirloom, and an uncomfortable futon. And we actually have uh, a special guest for next episode. Um, a podcast that I'm a huge fan of uh, is going to be doing this episode for us, Seasons of Skyrim. Uh, they are a group of guys that get together and they play D&D together and they record themselves just having a good time. So, uh, their DM is going to record a story for us, which is really cool. I'll fire these off to him ASAP. Yes,
0: yes. I'm super excited. We already have, um... He's got this dramatic, great dramatic storytelling voice. So I'm really excited to see what he does with I, this. I like getting different kinds of podcasts, on. I mean, we've already had um We had Steamrollers on so before had, and they were We had were, Steamrollers uh, on before and and they're they're a role-playing kind of steamroller, yeah, but, kind but of they're an also, original. But they're also game. based off his own
1: world and his own book yeah, series. This and, is more based off classical Dungeons and Dragons, and so it's nice to get a little which bit Which I guess we've never really talked about the fact that we're into that, but we'll t- we'll save that for a McTalk someday. I love D&D.
0: Yeah, we're into that.
1: Okay, don't make that sound weird. <laughs>
0: We're into D and D. We're into D and Ds.
1: Level level eight barbarian. So Evergreen nest monk makes it weird. To all you out there wondering, <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, also coming up, just so you all out there know, we are planning a very special Q and A episode of Evergreen. Yes. So definitely send us your questions at evergreencast at gmail.com. Nothing is off limits. Okay. If you have questions, well, about the I didn't prog- agree to that, but okay. that's okay. Nothing is off limits for me, and I'll try and get Caleb to answer everything that he that he can. So yeah, send just us your questions. Just watch, you get a ton of disturbing about.
0: questions, and everyone's like, "What's your favorite food?" For me,
1: uh, rule thirty two. Um, we'll just uh, send us any questions that you got, uh, through email. If you don't feel like emailing us, you can add us at Twitter at Evergreencast. And yeah, we will, uh, we're going to devote an episode to just answering questions about the podcast and kind of how we put stories together, why we care about stories, what kind of guests we like to have, and kind of just our plans for the future. That's
0: also our Instagram, uh, at EvergreenCast as well. Branding 101. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, so you guys, uh, keep, keep your, uh, keep your ears
1: peeled for that. That will be hitting you guys soon. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode, enjoyed this
0: story, and anything else to say, Caleb? Well, I enjoyed the story. Thank you, Danielle. Uh,
2: Oh, you're very welcome, Caleb, but also freak you.
1: Okay. All right, yeah, freak you, Caleb. Um, Thanks, so, yeah, y'all. you guys have a great one. Look forward to the next episode of Evergreen. I know I am. And yeah, Me too. And there are stories everywhere, and anyone can tell a story.
2: I don't know about that.
1: Okay, well, almost anyone can tell <laughs> a story. <Yeah. laughs>
0: we chose you
1: because you're a oh. storyteller, I guess. See, anyone can tell a story. We didn't, know, we didn't know if yours was going to be any good. Most people I can didn't tell know. a story. There are a few cases where... Like Caleb.
2: Yeah, like tell Caleb. Caleb
1: can't tell stories. He still hasn't, and he never will, apparently, even um, though I want him to. I'll throw shade, Caleb. When are you going to get behind this mic? When are you going to tell a story? I've been He's behind a mic behind every mic. Yeah, single you're Well, you're not episode. behind this mic. I'm behind this
0: mic. Come right. at me, bro. It's time to get out of here. Come at me, bro. We're we about we're to take off really quick. Okay, we're about to go we're about to leave and go straight to see Avengers Infinity War. Are we right. actually going to start talking about that in the theater? No, but what I'm saying right now is bye everybody we're going to go see Avengers Infinity War. See ya.